There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, time to spend uh, some quality family time together, break some bread, uh, you know, prepare the meal for about eight hours, eat it in eight minutes, and clean up for about three hours. Just the way it works. Uh, enjoy yourselves. It's going to be fun. Uh, yep, indeed. It's been an interesting time, as it always is in the uh, world of high finance. Uh, lots of moving parts and uh, no real change in direction uh, from point to point. Um you know, Jack and I are, are on this uh, notion right now that uh, people are getting a little frustrated as the markets uh, uh, move sideways. Um, but uh, again, near all-time highs, uh, but doing so very, very slowly. Of course, lots on the table with global trade, U.S. and Trump and uh, China, and uh, communication on, communication off. And of course, uh, Trump getting set for an election, and here at home, we're getting set for an election. But uh, politics and business, I don't, I don't really like to bring the two pieces together. Um, I think I think the message uh, du jour, my good friends, is as follows: uh, Be careful of the noise; it can be absolutely toxic and cause you to do things that uh, you may not. Well, th- that may not be in your best financial interest. Uh, I always want to do a little shout out to business owners, Jack, right here, right now. Uh, it's it's incredible when we uh, do get to calls uh, from you, uh, the audience of this show, Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money. It, uh, it's often business owners, and here we are Saturday morning, uh, just past seven, and that's the person that still gets up early on a Saturday. It's the business owner. That- I would say it's the heart of the Canadian economy. It really is. They're the, the people out there that are you know, out there being entrepreneurs, creating jobs, doing all the stuff that uh, really creates a productive society. But, and they, they, they do so, from my, in my experience, and I have a lot of experience with, with business owners, they do so out of passion, out of love, uh, out of purpose. Um, and, and, and as such, I think they, they believe they're actually healthier for it. Uh, right. and well, they don't, they don't really turn it off. It's a lifestyle for them, right? It's their, we call it ikigai, right? It's their purpose in life. And, you know, they wake up early during the week. They wake up early during the weekend because they want to get up and do something that is is productive. Isn't there an app now that tells you basically when you should go to bed, when you should get up? And I think the app basically says if you have a a nicely um, tuned watch of a body clock, uh, you'll you'll live a healthier uh, day. Yeah, you should definitely do it regularly. You don't want to be going to bed one night at 9 o'clock and the next night at 12 o'clock and then... uh, um, you know, the following day at, I don't know, uh, one o'clock, because yeah. the, the fact is your, your, your body doesn't know when to turn itself on, turn itself off and, and be most productive. You know, Jack, I've mentioned to you repeatedly the concept of universal truce. And if something is true in one field to test it, you can apply it to a different field. Yeah. And so now I'm going to, of course, bring this back to the world of investing. Regular sleep is healthier. Yep. Regular saving and regular working and regular investing is healthier as opposed to erratic sleeping and erratic saving right. uh, and erratic investing. So I go back to long term, long term are really a productive or a product of our habits. Right, short term vol- volatility, but long term, you're a product of your habits. Well, so, the habits determine So if your you want to yeah, if you want to have healthy habits, whether it's sleeping, eating, investing regularly, Long term, you're going to be much better off. And we're going to get into that later in the show with the, the cash flow cookbook because that is really all about habits. 
You know, again, I had a great session with a gentleman named Sam Saf, and he's going to be coming on Hi-Fi Radio in a few weeks just to discuss um, uh, the world of robo uh, and, and the myths around it. Um, but Sam did, did some quick analysis uh, going back decades and the performance of various asset classes. And over, I think, a 30- or 40-year window, um, bonds achieved an 8% return Real estate achieved a 9% return, and stocks achieved a 10% return. Um, And the traditional model of having some bonds and having some stocks at a 60-40 mix uh, in a low interest rate environment is being highly questioned questioned, uh, right here, right now. Uh, But some fixed income, some safety is required in most portfolios, certainly because most people can't handle the full volatility of the market. But for those who can, or for those very solid advisors who can hold the hand of an investor over the course of decades and truly to keep them invested um, are doing a huge service. Uh, and at times it may not f- it may feel like a big disservice uh, when you get into the depths of crises, but fortunes are made by the world's finest investor and Jack's best buddy, Mr. Warren Buffett. He made money by thinking out in decades. And again, right here, you're feeling the notion of this marijuana sector going cold, people wanting to rotate, which is fine and well, but people who basically put you know too much money in the wrong category are feeling the pinch as opposed to some boring stuff over time. Consistent investing is, I think, the holy grail to success. And again, Jack, uh, the, the long, I would say the long-term return por- uh, profile of all those asset classes, it matches up really with the risk profile. But if you think long-term, like you're talking about, and really extending your time horizon, the fact is those equities really aren't that much riskier than uh, the uh, uh, bond portfolio, whether it's investment grade or not. Correct. So so here we go. So now let's fast forward uh, to entering the period of retirement. Again, what we are seeing, folks, is we're seeing people who have amassed nice wealth uh, throughout you know, 20, 30, 40 years of savings uh, and investing. And then, of course, the, the fear of Trump, the fear of media, perhaps the fear of greed, uh, I don't know, causes people to do like an, a, an abrupt change of plan as they enter retirement, thinking that they no longer have a time horizon. Again, if you the average life expectancy of a 65-year-old today, I believe, is about 80 to 83. So that sounds to me like an 18-year time horizon. Uh, as you enter retirement, you are not going to hopefully spend much more than 4 or 5% of your nest egg. So the other 95% should be invested for uh, an extended period of time once again because you don't need the money. But zero-rate investment going uh, to the sideline, making an abrupt move is disastrous because um, purchasing power, inflation, taxes, um, and your own spending habits could wreak havoc with that over the long haul. Uh, now, hey, if you think you're going to live shorter life, hey, so be it. This Hi-Fi Radio, thank you for listening. Good morning to you. It is a long weekend, and, uh, well, what a better way to start your weekend than thinking financially sound. We're all going to be cooking at home. Of course, I'm a culinary student, and I'm a big believer in home cooking. It's cheaper, it's healthier, and, uh, well, hey, it brings us all together, and that is so important in this digital uh, Instagrammed Facebooked world of ours. So uh, enjoy yourselves, my good friends. I want to thank you for tuning in. More of Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Well, hey. I'm in Minden. Good enough. Hey? Happy Thanksgiving, my good friends. Indeed. Yes, Thanksgiving up here in Canada, of course. And, uh, well, uh, we get to take the Monday off anyways, and some take Friday off. Kids get Friday off school, Jack, eh? Lucky guys. Anyways, it's a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And, uh, yes, the colors are beginning to turn. And, uh, well, Jack and I, of course, have to continue to pay the bills, and that's why we're here, uh, to help educate you and uh, put some wealth ideas uh, into your mind. And I, I, I urge you this weekend, please, friends, I urge you to have a money discussion uh, with your children. Teach them the importance of saving money. I, I cannot stress this point enough because the earlier they learn, the earlier they begin, the earlier they're going to learn how to do it. And uh, at some point they get incentive. Once they see that nest egg grow to X, they seem to get more motivated. But getting to that point seems to be uh, a challenge for parents. Uh, but I can't stress the point enough. Teach your kids about that. Teach them about compounding. And hey, go visit my website. I have some great material that I've written uh, about the power of compounding and about the power of decades of investing and how wealth is truly created, uh, I'm going to say, in a guaranteed fashion, and there's no guarantees out there, um, but that's what this show is all about. I'm delighted to have uh, Joseph Vaffy on the line. He is a uh, Californiaite. He's in California right now. Uh, I'm jealous, um, but it's a delight to have him on the air. Uh, Joe, of course, is one of our analysts at Canaccord Genuity. And Canaccord really is about tomorrow's uh, big ideas. And uh, as you know, uh, we are transacting less and less with fiat money, which is paper money, let alone gold coins. Goodness gracious on that one. But uh, no, the world is going digital. Uh, Sebastian, my son, just bought himself a T-shirt online, limited time offer, limited quantity, uh, basically an auction. And he put in for the auction and he, and he won the T-shirt at $68. You and got the big course, prize, eh, Wolf? Yeah, I'm a big, I, 68 for a T-shirt, Jack. Yeah. And of course, you had to come running to um, Kathleen and say, okay, now I got to pay for it. Can you please uh, digitize the trend, <laughs> digitize the trend? Transaction. So it comes Kathleen's credit card. Well, you owe me 68 bucks. Remember that, Sebastian. You owe her 68 bucks. I'm going to be watching for it. Anyways, it, uh, uh, the world of digital payments is, is upon us. Uh, it's ever growing. Uh, stuff like MasterCard, um, uh, Pfizer. Uh, what else is in this space there? Jack Global, you have Fidelity Global National. You have uh, PayPal, PayPal, which is huge yeah. in the space, obviously. And then you got Apple Pay. Obviously, the, the big the big tech companies are really getting into the payment space because they see a lot of friction moving money around. And if they can make it smoother through technology, um, you know, I, I think that they, they see a great opportunity there. So, Joe, it's, it's, a tra- it's a pleasure to have you on the air with us here. I really appreciate your time uh, this weekend. I want you to first of all start with um, A, the runway for digital payments and then B, uh, the, the various ways you can invest in digital payment from a conservative approach to a more aggressive approach. Again, I always think about maybe the credit cards as, as an obvious approach, but those credit cards have been on a tear for almost, what, 12 years, uh, and they continue to surprise to the upside. So please give us some ideas and break down to us the world of digital payments and all the different areas that we can participate in. Yeah, hey, guys, good morning. So uh, as, as you alluded to, you know, I, we think cash is a weak global competitor for electronic payments in general. Uh, but at the same time, uh, cash in circulation is still growing. So it's a, it's a unique dynamic. In that the is interesting. Wow, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, so maybe the velocity of cash is not as um, high as it used to be, but the cash is out there somewhere. Um, but, uh, but definitely, if you look at payment volumes and what is being used to actually pay for goods and services out there, 
definitely electronic is growing much faster than paper-based or even kind of older school uh, things like paper checks. Definitely the electronic payments uh, volumes are growing faster than um, some of the traditional methods we've seen historically. So, yeah, we focus on what we call the financial technology or fintech sector. It's very broad. Mm -hmm. Uh, It encompasses a lot of businesses that have actually been around for decades uh, as part of that coverage universe. And part of the coverage universe is very new, Um, kind of more of the leading edge companies that are in the headlines a lot like PayPal and Square, for example. So it's it's a pretty big universe. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, and there's different ways to invest in the sector. Uh, I know you mentioned, uh, Wolfgang, the, uh, the the payment card networks. Those are not stocks we've picked up at this point yet, MasterCard and Visa. But if you do look at their long-term track records, they are great businesses uh, in terms of not really having any more competition than each other. And ultimately, a lot of payments, even the online payments, are still ultimately funded uh, on the back end by Visa and MasterCard because your PayPal or your Square or your Apple Pay uh, are all ultimately probably linked back to that card for a lot of transactions. So they are a great e-commerce play, even though they're that piece of plastic sitting in your wallet today. So Interesting. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Jeff. We're going to go to commercial break here, but you made a good point because in looking at the credit card business, doing my homework, it just appears that their total addressable market, we call it their TAM, according to some work that I've seen up here in Canada, is now eclipsing like the two and a half trillion dollars because they continue to expand means of getting further into this digital payment. So credit cards are operating the back office part of it, uh, having to partner up with all these people. I do want to come back when we come back at a commercial break, talk to you about uh, it's Libra, right? And who's backing away from Libra? Because that, that too is a form with of PayPal, digital yeah. payment. Uh, we were delighted to have uh, Joseph Vaffi on the line. He's, a, he's an analyst with Canaccord Genuity. Uh, he's involved in fintech, financial technology. The biggest spenders on technology in the world are the banks. we got to pay attention to this stuff here, folks. Uh, Sci-Fi Radio, uh, I hope you're enjoying your weekend. Please stay tuned. More of the show right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money, and we're dialed into California right here, right now. Joseph Faffy is on the line. He's one of our analysts at Canaccord, and he covers fintech, financial technology. Um, Libra, uh, Facebook, um, very, very interesting story um, to go and come out and create a cryptocurrency to allow for transactions, uh, digital transactions. Uh was, was said to have multiple financial institutions as partners, but we're starting to see a few of those partners back off of the uh, initiative of Libra through Facebook. Uh, Joseph, can you speak to that? Who's backed off? Uh, and, and how does this play into uh, your field of financial technology and digital payments? 
Yeah, so uh, Libra is an interesting phenomenon, and actually uh, we've got another analyst at uh, Canaccord, Mike Graham, who's our internet analyst, who has uh, done a lot of work on on crypto uh, as well. So at some point you may uh, want to get him on with his uh, his his views of things here. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, the cryptocurrencies are doing basically what uh, electronic currencies are doing, but they're trying to actually create their own currencies along the way. And if you think of Facebook, you know, global presence, uh, uh, omnipresent uh, across the globe. Big time. Uh, with, uh, you know, not only with individuals, but with merchants as well. Yeah. And uh, the idea of creating a, a currency away from uh, government-issued currencies that could trade within the Facebook ecosystem makes a lot of sense oh, theoretically. Such a powerful kind, like 2.7 trillion, excuse me, 2.7 billion, billion yeah. users, uh, again, in basically every country around the world, the, plus, the, issue plus is, the business uh, and the merchants that, that are involved in that company. No, such a powerful, powerful, concentrated But uh, the, the issue concept. that you have is that it makes so much sense that governments look <laughs> at it and they're fearful it, and they want to regulate it. That's no, what they do, right? It's so incredible. That, that's one of the biggest hurdles that they have. So, so, so in the digital payment space, what, what are the types of regulation that you're seeing out there, Joseph. Well, it's that's that's you, you guys hit the the nail on the head, and it's uh, the government side of things. I mean, it, even if you put regulations in place, you know, you're still talking private sector companies here. Uh, you know, that would literally be in charge of currencies that could rival uh, sovereign currencies over time. And you know, what we've seen so far is some of the other cryptocurrencies that have emerged. And we've seen, you know, them become platforms for money laundering. Uh, We've seen them become platforms that can fund, uh, provide funds to, uh, let's call them sketchy uh, organizations around the world. And so there's just too much going on here relative to uh, the, the ability to, to uh, really regulate this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, on a global scale. And so, therefore, it's, uh, it's uh, I'd say, the governments are just going to kind of put a kibosh on it for now because there's just literally no way to, uh, to, uh, to regulate all of this stuff. So is that why you're um, seeing companies like PayPal sort of, they're not, I don't know if they're pulling the plug. It sounds like they're, they're leaving uh, Libra for the time being anyways. Is that one of the reasons, I guess, why some of these major players are saying maybe we need to t- take a step back and, and rethink uh, the Facebook Libra? Yeah, I think everyone has to have platforms out there that can trade in crypto. And so we are seeing that. Uh, but the, the, the whole large initiative of starting your own and supporting it seems to uh, maybe, you know, at least for now, people are taking a pause. And if you think of MasterCard and Visa and some of the guys that are pulling back on Libra right now, what you see is those entities also having to negotiate with governments around the world relative to their own businesses. So if they're involved in something 
that those governments really don't want. It doesn't help their core business right now either. Um, I want to pivot over to a couple of your ideas, uh, a couple of companies that you cover. Um, Copa Software. Um, I caught this stock moving on my momentum screen. Uh, I called Richard Davis, uh, one of our analysts, and asked him, and he, he meant that you cover the name. Um, can, can you speak to that company, how it was created, and why it's receiving such, such wonderful attention right now in terms of uh, momentum and, and, and what your opinion is on the company? Yeah, so uh, Rich Davis is our software analyst at Canaccord. He does a great job. We did um, add Coupa to our coverage list because there's a unique payments angle to that particular software company. And here, you know, we're, we're moving away from, we've been talking a little bit about Libra and PayPal and things. Those are business to consumer. Those are consumer payment platforms to a certain degree. The interesting thing with Coupa is it's uh, emerging as a B2B fintech or e-commerce play. So the core of Coupa is kind of back-end software that helps big companies procure things like copy paper, temp services, even travel more easily, uh, kind of in an Amazon-like uh, way. But uh, what's really interesting is as, the, as that business uh, evolves, they are adding payment, not just the procurement function to their platform. And so right now, this is a company that, uh, that so far has seen a, a, over a trillion dollars of spend go through their platform. Uh, from Jimmy, you said a, tr- a trillion dollars. They're doing they're doing over a billion. They're doing over a hundred billion a quarter. Wow, and, that sounds like Walmart. And, Walmart and does that. Walmart does over a billion dollars yeah, of, of revenue. Companies procure a lot of goods and services, and so the idea here is the companies are procuring through their platform, but they're not paying through the platform yet. Interesting. So if you bring in some payment vendors. Uh, to partner with Coupa to allow these big enterprises like Caterpillar or Boeing to pay through the platform, they could see a small, you know, cut of that uh, payment uh, volume accrue to them as what we call take rate, or you, know, you could kind of call it a, a commission or something. So the stock trades in the deep, in, in the true stratosphere, I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's necessarily the kind of stock for uh, people that are that may have a conservative portfolio approach to things. Sure. But the reason the stock is trading in the stratosphere is some investors out there are betting that uh, the payment based revenue or the volume based revenue uh, could at uh, could over time be material relative to what the rest of the revenue right now is, which is subscription revenue in a traditional software sense. Right. Um, you are listening to Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. Thanksgiving weekend up here in Canada. We're delved into California because uh, I like people in California and uh, such fantastic uh, forward-looking uh, state. Uh, some of the brightest minds in America uh, live in California. And, well, Joseph Affey is one of our analysts at Canaccord and a real treat to learn and ask some questions about the world of digital payments and how we can maybe invest in the space and make some money. Uh, please, more of Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Money. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Good morning. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. And for those of you, well, millennials, that, by the way, was called a cash register. Oh, yes, you have these little keys you'd push and ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. That's where ka-ching comes from. Uh, mobile wallet usage by country. This is fascinating. I was at the spa a few weeks ago. I can go to the spa once in a while. Why not reduce some stress? Pizza the alternative, eh? Uh, and at the spa, the lady said, have you been to China before? And I said, I've not been to China. She said, oh, fascinating place. She said, Every, all payments are now on, on your cell phone. All payments by cell phone. Little, little markets, little towns. Everything transacting on cell phone. And so Jack just handed me a very interesting uh, data uh, list here. Mobile wallet usage by country. Number one, China, 47%. Uh, Canada, 16%. Austria, 16%. Singapore, 16%. America, 17%. Uh, Norway, 42%. Uh, the UK, 24%. I wonder if that's going to change with Brexit, by the way. <laughs> and Japan, 20%. But isn't that amazing? 47% mobile mobile wallet usage in China versus 16% and 17% in Canada and America, respectively. Uh, Joe Vaffey's on the line. He's one of our analysts at Canaccord. Um, he's very much involved in uh, fintech, financial technology, and uh, he's doing a lot of research coverage on um, digital payments firms. Uh, Joe, thank you very kindly for your time this uh, long weekend here in Canada. Your Thanksgiving is, what, not for another month or so, and that's uh, that's really when the market gets going. It's an exciting time for the equity market. But uh, two companies that you cover and I want you to speak to, one is uh, Fidelity National Information Services. The symbol is FIS on the New York Stock Exchange. And the other company is Pfizer. I call it Pfizer. Uh, Joe calls it Pfizer. I'm sure Joe's right. And that trades on the NASDAQ. That symbol is FISV. Be careful, folks, if you're uh, trading these things online that you get the right symbol for the right company. Better off, don't do it online. Work with a pro. Uh, you'll, you'll be much better off. So please, Joe, uh, speak to those two companies. What do they do and what are the opportunities in front of us? And are they investable ideas right here, right now? Yes. Uh, so we've been talking a little bit about kind of leading edge things in in B2B software and PayPal and Square and things. So Fiserv and FIS, uh, Fidelity National, they these are different. These are a little more conservative stories. They're actually uh, kind of similar in a lot of ways. Both of them provide back end banking technology to to banks uh, across the uh uh, across the United States and across the world to process transactions on the back end. But both of them have uh, done very large acquisitions this year, basically merger of equals almost with companies that help merchants hook into the payment card networks. Uh, and uh, in, in the case of FIS, they acquired WorldPay, which was a leader in that uh, merchant acquiring business is what we call it. And Fiserv, acquired first data. And so together, these entities are kind of, I'd say, connecting all the dots all the way from the bank, all the way through the merchant to help provide more uh, elegant, more leading edge payment solutions across the kind of payments ecosystem in general. But why we like these stocks is not only is it a good strategy to continue to to, uh, grow and expand the payments capability, but both of these acquisitions by Fiserv and FIS are very accretive to earnings. There's a lot of cost synergies in both of them, and there's also revenue synergies where each of the uh, uh, each of those uh, uh, pre-existing businesses can cross-sell 
the other business that uh, merged with them. And so if you look at, a, at an economic backdrop that's potentially slowing down, we don't know. There's, uh, you know, there's obviously, uh, you know, there is some speculation about slowing global growth. At least in the case of both of these companies, some of their earnings growth is in their own hands that they can wring out of the acquired businesses. So we do like that as somewhat more defensive because of the capability to continue to grow via accretion in the deals. And then, of course, both of the core businesses are very recurring in nature because there's a lot of long-term contracts there. So much more defensive relative to uh, to investing in the, in the kind of payments and thin tech wave versus some of the more leading-edge pure plays out there. You know, again, where you live is, I think, a very, very fascinating part of the world, a very, very great part of America, obviously. Um, but just the minds and the people that uh, you associate with out in California and, of course, uh, in L.A. and in San Francisco. And I was speaking with a neighbor of mine who works for a Salesforce, and uh, he brought to my attention uh, the Dreamforce conference, which, of course, our other analyst, Richard Davis, covers Salesforce. He's always been keen on that company. He's been correctly so. Um, but, again, just the energy and just the ideas and the forward thinkingness. And all of this ties into, in a, in a slow-growth economy, Companies coming out of California continue to grow because they're innovative and they're doing something different. That's why, again, Jack's on this story very, very eloquently with me in that if we get trade resolution with Donald Trump, the old school economy is going to kick into gear. If they keep kicking the can down the road, uh, the likes of Caterpillar Boeing are going to be the penalty box, but the names that Joseph is talking about right here uh, will continue to uh, succeed as acquisitions seem to be working out um, and the world of digital payments has so much runway in front of it. So, uh, Joe, I can't thank you very much. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time today. Uh, obviously, I'm long. Fizzerv, uh, Jack and I purchased that stock idea a couple of months ago. Yeah, about midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer, and so far, so good. I'm going to do more work on your idea, Fidelity National Information Services offer. We'll probably give you a call next week and learn a little bit more about that. And over the weekend, read through your research on that as well, Joseph. So, uh, once again, uh, sir, thank you very kindly, and you have yourself a great weekend. Uh, more of Hi Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. spot hello it is thanksgiving weekend and you're listening to hi-fi radio on the global news radio network 640 in toronto um i wrote a piece on how to become wealthy and at the top of the list was don't rely on others do it yourself and so jack of course to uh, queued up yes queued up that uh, track on the turntables with the stylist and uh, that was for you don't let me down because you know something others will let you down employers government 
Um, hopefully not your spouse. No, no. Lots of love this weekend, my friends. Lots of love. Keep that together. That could be a disaster to a financial uh, program. Uh, anyways, uh, as you pull out the recipes for your stuffing this weekend, don't forget to also pull out the Cash Flow Cookbook. Um, I'm a culinary student at George Brown, and I love cookbooks. That's how you learn. Um, <laughs> Uh, Gordon Stein is on the line with us here. He's the author of Cash Flow Cookbook, uh, a regular guest on uh, the, <laughs> the Global News Radio Network, Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, thank you very kindly, Gordon, for joining us this Thanksgiving weekend, my good friend. Uh, you going to have a little turkey dinner and little stuffings and everything trimmings to go with it? I am, for sure. Great to be here, Wolfgang. Well, thank you very kindly. So, uh, Jack handed me a note here uh, that was published in August. Yes, you can start today. Uh, I'll tell you, as Thanksgiving weekend, folks, please pay attention to what Gordon has to say. I want to have some conversation around the dinner table as you uh, mow on that wonderful uh, dish that your mom or wife and whoever made for you. And... uh, I'm not cooking this weekend, by the way. I get the turkey weekend off. I, I do all the other cooking, but Kathleen does a wonderful turkey, yeah. so she can do that. But uh, I want you to talk about money because money is important. I'm on this um, bend right now about saving $5 a day. Start at the age of 15, $5 a day, 35 bucks a week. Can equate into over $700,000 at a 9% rate of return. Um, further, if you eat at home and if you cook for yourself, you can save more money. Uh, so uh, Gordon Stein uh, studied various ways of saving money and wrote a great book called The Cash Flow Cookbook. It's fun and it's real. And uh, sorry, uh, the simple math, if we follow all of your ideas, what's the rough calculation of how much money we can, uh, how much wealth we can build, Gordon? Sure. Well, the book has a total, in Cash Flow Cookbook, there's a total of $13,000 of monthly savings ideas. Now, a typical person won't be able to use, obviously, all 13000 A lot of people are not even spending anything close to that. But there is a whole smorgasbord there of ideas. Now, if you were to save that, invest it at 7% over 30 years, in other words, starting work at 22, retiring, say, at 52, nice and early, that would be $13 million of wealth. Okay, I want to go through it again. You spoke almost as quick as I speak, my good friend. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go through it. So you're talking 13,000... Uh, that's yeah, that's monthly savings that he's talking oh, about. And oh like he's, well, no, but like he said, a lot of people don't actually even spend that much. But the, the ideas right. that he's demonstrating here... If you if you put them all together in aggregate, it would be thirteen thousand dollars. You know, I, I go back to so he's talking thirteen friends. I'm saying to you, if you can save a thousand dollars a month at seven percent, I got the table right here in front of me over a forty year period. That's two and a half million dollars. That's all you need to do. Uh, so that's exactly right. Let's go through some of your best ideas. Biggest bang for your buck. Where can we save money? Well, I think the ideas are everywhere. So I'll give you a simple one. Sorry, the ideas are what? Well, the ideas are really everywhere. Everywhere. So we started about how do you start today. Here's a simple one. You go to Home Depot or Lowe's, you buy 10 LED bulbs, and you replace the 10 bulbs you use most frequently in the home. That's $25. That should be about $25 a month of savings. There's a great start right there. So $25 a month over 30 years, uh, that'd be $25,000. Just for making that one simple change, you could start on today. But there's lots of other ones that are really back up for cost. Ones, net of cost of the bulb, yeah. you you think you're going to yeah. save twenty five dollars by changing ten light bulbs a month? Twenty five bucks yeah. a month. Yep, that's wow. what the mouth says. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, Electricity is expensive in Ontario. Well, have you checked? I like that there idea. Oh, and what about those pot lights? Can I do the little pot lights? My uh, uh, little pot lights. Can I go go halogen with those? 
I guess it go LED. I guess it go LED, right? LED bulbs. Sure. You, 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 can, you can for sure. There's different. There's different math? ranges though in terms of light. You want to make sure you get the right one, Wolf. I know. I have some. Some, I, some are very white lights. Some I are much that, more warm. I don't like that white light. But uh, anyways, I gotta, you know, so if you don't like the white light, I have a good rice recipe for you that can save you a bunch of money. We talked about that one before. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, okay, give me another good idea. Yeah. Well, I think one of the big ones is clothing. Uh, clothing is really interesting. People say, "Oh, I don't want to cut my clothing." Yeah, easy. I love my fashion, sure. but easy on the clothing. Well, I love fashion. <laughs> Hey, you guys see my red shoes I got on. They're so cool. Made in Turkey. I saved money on that. The research says we only ever wear 20% of the clothing that we buy. So, hard to believe, but it's true. So, the average Canadian spending 6% of their gross income on clothing. So, somebody making, let's say, $70,000 a year, they'll spend about $4,000 a year on clothing, but only ever wear $800 of the 4000 that they buy. Okay, Jack makes a little more than that. He ain't spending no four grand on clothing. We're going to get back to that one. <laughs> okay, this is Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Turkey time. It's Thanksgiving. Uh, time to spend some quality time as a family unit. Uh, turn off your cell phone. No Instagram boys and girls at the table. Please appreciate what your parents have put in front of you. Enjoy the moment. Parents, Take advantage of the uh, FaceTime that you have with your children. Talk to them about money early so they don't make the same mistakes you did. You know what I'm talking about. This is Hi-Fi Radio. Please stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I love that line. I really do. Hubcaps, eh? Do you know what a hubcap is, Jack? Absolutely. Okay. Just checking. Brittany, do you know what a hubcap is? No. See, Brittany does not know what a hubcap is. Trick question. Yep. That's what they put on those old uh, classic cars uh, on their rims, eh? Just to give them a little extra splash. The, the hubcaps were big. People used to steal hubcaps in the 70s, eh? It was, like a, I think, a bit of an American phenomenon to steal people's hubcaps. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were expensive. They'd fall off the car and you have to buy a whole new set of four. Uh, but we're beyond hubcaps now. Yes, now we're to low riders. I'm putting put my profile. winters on. They got no hubcaps. That's for, that's for sure. <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. No, no, no hubcaps in the winter. Um, it is Hi Fi Radio. It's a show about money. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I wish you all the best, peace, and love this weekend, my good friends, as you break bread with family members and you talk about various things. I'm sure you'll be talking about hockey. Of course, you can talk about hockey. Who can't talk about hockey? It's Canada. But we got to talk about money, too. Money is so important. Uh, and yes, I'm sorry to say, folks, your son or daughter won't make the NHL and get those uh, salaries and salary caps and deal with all that wonderful. Uh, but you don't need to. Uh, you don't need to. Now, here's an idea du jour. Um, $1,000 would lease you a very, very fine car. You're, you know, you're a young professional leaving school and they'll lend you the money. And you have no problem walking to a car dealership and, and financing a car. And hey, 1000 bucks a month gets you the finest BMW or even probably a Mercedes or a SUV of your choice. Um, but the opportunity cost is through the roof. It is so, so high. 1000 bucks a month saved at 7% over 40-year period is over $2.6 million. I know you're in love with your car, but to what? 
point. Uh, $2.6 million can buy you so much happiness. I know it could. And if it can't, you can give it to charity because I know a lot of people are certainly on the streets at Calvin House, by the way, which I'm going to be sleeping on. Uh, what is it, November 20-something? Just go to the website, Calvin House, and please support Wolfgang Klein. You'll get tax refund on that, and that's okay. What do you think of charity, by the way, Gordon Stein, in terms of your cash flow cookbook concept and saving ideas. Uh, I believe if people follow your advice, it opens up the opportunity to give more to charity. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think it's all about cash flow cookbook. uh, It's all about freeing up cash and what to do with it. You can invest it. You can pay down debt. You can give more to charity. Or maybe it's a mix of all three. But I think the thing is to really be more mindful, minimal effort, minimal sacrifice, free up that cash, and charity is a great thing to do with that freed up cash for sure. Yeah, I would say all the other recipes that he puts out in his book, there, Wolf, they're they're all very simple. They're all related to habits and process, right? That's it exactly. Yeah. So I mentioned cars. Um, big money waster. Sorry, automotive industry is a big money waster, mm-hmm. and millennials are starting to realize that uh, they're the first generation. That's, to- that's one thing they've definitely figured out. They're one up on on the boomers. That's for sure. They recognize the fact that they're just status symbols, but they cost a lot more than you actually realize. Well, hopefully the boomers can now afford their cars. Boomers love their cars. You boomers, you, you love your cars, boomers, uh, and that's okay. It's who you are. Uh, you know, you're not digitized, and that's why you would, you look at the next generation. What is the world with that cell phone? Today? The uh, millennials love. But their cell phones. Oh, oh, take that away from them. Hey, keys of the car or the cell phone? What do you think? Keys of the car or the cell phone? Who's going to win that one? I'm going to say they're going to take the cell phone and they're going to call an Uber. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> that would work. That would work. But, so, it, yeah, you know, give, me, give us some more money-saving ideas, well, uh, Gordon. Well, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about cars, and I like this idea of minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. I was just on the phone with uh, an interesting person in the U.S., and um, they said, I said, what about your car insurance? They said, oh, yeah, no, we haven't done much. I said, make a few calls. Try Geico. Here are the Geico ads in the U.S. Same thing happens in Canada. Anyway, they called through. Yeah, it took a half an hour. They saved $700 a year on their car insurance. I love that story. Warren Buffett, Geico. Half an hour. I love that story. But, you know, it's true because we take, we, take it, we take for granted that these annual bills that we receive yep. are a good price, and we don't revisit them every now and then. Kathleen, my, my, my poor wife right now, is trying to rewire our house. We want to cut the cord, sort of. Uh, again, we, we have a security system. We have a um, cellular backup security system. Uh, we have cable. We have internet. Uh, we have a telephone line still. I'd like to at least get rid of the telephone line, but the security system side of the telephone line. So can we not bring it all together? That's what we're trying to do. But, you know, as you, as you investigate bringing it all together, some shady people show up at your door every now and then offer you services that I think are somewhat suspect. Got to be careful. CRTC will be watching you on that one, too. Um, <laughs> one more, Abe. Yeah. Uh, no more. We're all done. Whoa. Guess what? Turkey's done, folks. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. It's Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, it's a real pleasure. It's a real honor that uh, Jack and I get to spend an hour of your Saturday with you each and every week. Please, money is important. Uh, it'll help you. It can help society. Uh, share the knowledge with your children. They're not learning this stuff in school. No, they're learning high-level math that 95% will never use. Um, Gord Stein, it's a real pleasure to have you on the air. Uh, author of Cash Flow Cookbook. Uh, Please, next time you come to Toronto, I'd love to have you in the studio. I want to learn more uh, ideas. But if nothing else, time to change those light bulbs, folks. 25 bucks a month. I'll take that money all day long. I want to wish you a great, happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, be well, and please be wealthy. 
listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.